Leave your excuses after the beep, a podcast created for anyone who has ever used an excuse to not do something that you said you would. Does this sound familiar? From busy, overworked, stressed out moms to thriving moms, wives, and health coaches, Kitty Clemens and Kyla McComas are Midwest moms who are breaking down excuses and empowering others to do the same. Listen in to hear which of our excuses we break down next. I'm Kyla McComas. And I'm Kitty Clemens. at its finest right here <laughs> and just think we were just gonna do like once a month like once every yeah. other oh, we didn't know what to do but it's just always good to just record your conversations that you have often and this is not all the things that kitty and i talk about but um it just comes up a lot but I think it kind of goes back to everything that we have talked about, which is, you know, the more you are thinking about these things and doing uh, certain things to create a better, optimal health life, it's just you're chasing after what you wanted and you're doing the things and you're surrounding yourself with the people and um, and those I truly believe is what uh, helps you and helps you from not failing all the time or stopping. And I mean, how many times are you like so frustrated that you just, you start a challenge, you start this, you start eating healthy, you start exercising, you start all these things. And then you're like, give up again and you quit again. And it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. But so I am just thankful um, that I have somebody, you know, especially you with that is just no matter where I'm at on my journey, it's like I always have somebody that will help me, you know, get back on top. And it's not easy. <laughs> no. oh, it's not easy. I feel like we're always failing forward. <clears throat> I mean, we're obviously not where we want to be, which is why we keep contending for all of these things and all of the topics that we talk about each week. I mean, we don't just talk about these things because somebody else mentioned them. It's because we're also working our way through that in the moment at that time as well. And we know that someone else probably is too. So hopefully you're finding some tidbits that are helpful as we kind of just talk through these different excuses from week to week. Um, So in lieu of this past weekend being the end of daylight savings, and that whole concept always confuses me, like, what do you consider the beginning and the end? But I think we technically just ended it because we're no longer worried about conserving daylight now that it's winter. (laughs) These are great. I didn't mean like look that up, but I'm just looking at it. Okay. It's year 2023 and you know, like, yeah, we have to be, 
right? Is that how that works? But uh, yeah, I think, so. Way, so I think it just ended. Yeah. So mm-hmm. every time that there's this time change, I know that as parents, we notice with our children that it affects the crap out of them. But as an adult, I've also noticed that it affects me too. This one isn't so bad. The whole falling back and gaining an hour seems to be a little more, like more gentler, gentler, more gentle yeah. on the system. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as harsh, but I have old enough children now that like balk the time. <laughs> well, mom, what would it be if it were the previous time? Can we just stay up till then? And, you know, like the new 10 o'clock, can't we just stay up till 10? No, because that was previously 11 and that's way too late. And they like start bargaining back. And so I get really good at telling time. <laughs> what was the old time? What's the new time? Blah, 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 whatever. But I think it just leads into a, the great debate of how much sleep is enough sleep and are you getting enough sleep? Because even though we gained an hour, I think a lot of us just stayed up an hour later and didn't actually take advantage of that. <laughs> so what is a healthy amount of sleep? Like how much sleep are you supposed to get? Do we even know? I know you see studies all the time that, you know, nine hours, seven hours, you know, six hours, eight hours, you know, all, all those things. And I've always said, you know, somewhere between the seven and nine hours of sleep. And, you know, that has worked for me. And, and (laughs) I love it because it's like, I know when I'm tired, like I have a set thing of like at nine o'clock, I try to be off any social media, any TVs. Yes. Sometimes I love to watch a little movie, but I can tell I'm getting tired. (laughs) And then if you send me a message or anything past that, like good luck getting a response. Um, because I'm usually in bed by, or at least asleep by 10. And then the morning, I just love it. I love being a morning person. I never thought I would say that, but like, you know, getting up, especially like being a mom. Um, and trust me, I've been through all the stages, you know, the early mom stages with when you get zero sleep to um now when you're you know, you're still a mom <laughs> and you're responsible for these little humans that um it's the same thing. Like I love getting up before them but also it's great to get them into a routine too like they need and studies might show that that's a little bit more right kitty like a little bit more for for little guys and um but yeah, i mean some kiddos need it. most kiddos benefit from up to 12 hours of sleep i know we had looked at something recently with my girls being age 9 and 11 and they were both between 10 and 12 hours of sleep was optimal for their ages. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a battle, right? But what are some like the benefits of sleeping? Like, I mean, yes, the benefits, not only just the way I act, but, um, but again, some of those, you know, that model morning that I just love, like I was saying before the kiddos get up or sometimes even before my husband gets up, And, um, so I've created like these, you know, habits, these, uh, 
routines to get done in the morning. But anyways, what are some um, benefits of this whole getting that proper amount of sleep, even though I was a big fan of like, I can sleep when I'm dead, (laughs) you know, type thing, because I had FOMO with everything. I had FOMO that I'd miss out on a good movie or show. I had FOMO missing out on a, a trip or, you know, going out whatever I had, you know, all those things. So Kitty share, just share away because there's so many good benefits of getting quality sleep or, and enough sleep. Yeah. So I think, um, when it comes to having a good sleep pattern, it really does revolve around not only the number of hours that you're sleeping, but that consistency with your bedtime and your wake up time. When your body has a predictable schedule to follow, it's more apt to do what you want it to do. So you're not needing to um, rely on the extra caffeine to get through the day or the naps or whatnot. Um, And that can be kind of hard, I guess, to grasp um, in terms of how do you, um, I feel like, especially as a, a young mom, when I was in the thick of littles, by the time the kids would go to bed, I felt like that was my time to like get mm. stuff done. I could get stuff done. It was my me time. I would binge watch the TV shows, which would turn into one episode, then two, then three, then four. <laughs> Thank you to, you know, TiVo and DVR back in the day. And you remember when those were a thing, you could record <laughs> all the episodes and then you could binge watch them all. But that was not great. I'd be up until midnight, one o'clock, and then the babies would be up. And it's like, what am I doing? And then your day starts at the crack of dawn, you know, likely well (laughs) before you want your alarm to go off. You're up. And that's a perpetual state of just not great rest. So benefits of rest, you know, when you have a routine and you're getting those seven, eight, nine hours of sleep, whatever you find to be optimal for you. Um, your energy levels, for one, um, your ability to keep calm and handle stress is so much more, it's just much more improved than it is when you're sleep deprived. You can handle some of the stressors and, um, you know, some of the chaos of your children. <laughs> you're less irritable. Yes. Um, yes. Adequate amount of sleep will decrease your cortisol levels, which is great. An increase in cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Uh, can also weaken your immune system. So when you're getting enough sleep, that typically means that your body is also um, better primed to defend itself from any of the germs and viruses and things like that, which are running rampant this time of year. And they seem to just only ramp up as we get closer to the holidays. Anybody else have that happen where like you're just holding your breath, hoping that someone doesn't get sick? That you're going to holiday, kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, is it going to be me, or is it going to be one of the kids? Like, oh. So, prioritizing your sleep can be really benefit beneficial with that. Um, but I would say that not even, or I guess maybe even more important than the benefits of sleep are like, what are ways that we can improve the quality of our sleep? Mm. Do you have any yeah. ideas as to or what sorts of things? do you do that help you to make the most of your sleeping time? And I know you mentioned a few of those things just with that whole um, evening ritual that you talked about, shutting your phone off and kind of unplugging by nine o'clock. But 
what sort of things, um, what other things do you find helpful that help you to um, prepare for a better night of sleep? Yeah. Um, a lot of things like kind of like what you said, just like having no blue light, like we said, um, no TV. Um, I removed like even the TV from my bedroom because I felt that was, I mean, that was just unnecessary. And then of course, like you mentioned, like you just start going to the next episode and the next episode and like, Oh, just one more won't hurt. So removing like all that sort of thing, um, from, from like my sleep area bedroom. And then, um, I loved, like, I love to like read, um, before bed. So that, um, helps. And, um, I know a lot of people and I've just started doing this recently is just like to put like a notebook by your bed too, because I tend to like, if I do wake up, I'm like, oh man, I got to remember this or I'm going to, I'm going to remember this. And then, and then you're like fighting to get back to sleep because you're like, what if this happens with that or, you know, like that sort of thing. So I started just to jot down things of, Hey, let's look at that in the morning and rest your (laughs) and rest and go and go to bed. Um, a lot of things too, is like not to eat or drink, you know, right before, um, bedtime. Um, and I also, if if I was just starting to make this my routine, I would do what a lot of things have, have done. A lot of people have shared is just starting to go to bed 15 minutes earlier and getting into that routine of like, okay, trace back eight hours from when you need to get up or can get up without being rushed. Um, so if that's like, I have to be at work at such such time, you're not just getting up 15 minutes before and rushing to get to the, to the office. And, um, so I know that's helped. And then in the morning, same thing, like I read, I journal, I just sit, which is really surprising for me. Um, <laughs> you know, I love my cup of coffee in the morning and all those things, but also, it helps where I'm not like shoving unnecessary like food because I'm in a hurry or just trying something real quick because I'm in a hurry to get out the door. And it's just a lot more calmer. My kids and I have a better like relationship and not like (laughs) screaming at each other to get your clothes on, get your shoes on. We got to go. You know, I'm sure those things will happen, but, um, but I love it because I don't have to really set an alarm. I, I only said it if I, if I have something important that morning that I'm like, just to make sure, but for some reason, my body will still wake me up when I, when I need to. But, um, yeah, that was the other thing. It's just like, I love that my body is just like, okay, it's six o'clock. It's, it's time to get up. (laughs) So, um, that was a long, uh, tangent, (laughs) Kitty, but that was good. That was um, good. Yeah, yeah, a couple of things that um, I find that help me sleep are one, being physically active during the day. Um, we've recently been doing this yes. step yes. challenge um, with some of our clients and um, amongst ourselves. And I've noticed drastic differences in how well I'm sleeping when I'm actually moving my body every day. Even if I'm you know, doing my workouts, like I do 
strength training workouts that are, you know, 30 minutes to an hour some days, but that's enough. That's still not enough to move my body enough to where it feels like it's time to rest. So I go to bed at the end of the night feeling just ready for bed. I'm not forcing myself to go to sleep in any way. Sometimes I'm having to like keep myself awake until 8.30 because I'm just done. Like my brain is checked out. I'm shutting off all the things. Um, I know you mentioned not drinking and eating before bed. I am kind of the opposite. I have to have a small snack before bed. (laughs) I always just something small. Um, nothing crazy, high protein, low carb, whatever, just a tiny (laughs) little bit. And then it's coming into tea season where I will have, um, uh, uh, not caffeinated, uncaffeinated decaf. I don't know. What am I trying to say? Tea that's not caffeinated (laughs) before bed just to help mind me down. And that is actually, um, something that I developed when I stopped drinking alcohol before bed. Because like a lot of people, perhaps, I used to think that a glass of wine before bed was a great way to wind down and put me to bed, put me to sleep. It made me drowsy and I just wanted to go to bed. And then I found that it was actually keeping me awake because I would have incredibly vivid dreams all night long. And although I was physically in bed, my mind never shut off and I would wake up feeling just bizarre, (laughs) to say the least. So... Since cutting that evening um, glass of wine out a couple of years ago, I had to replace it with something initially. And so I turned to um, teas, teas or just sparkling water, but it's cold now. So it's totally like a mint tea or caramel tea. Yeah, something like that. Um, But I even don't even need that a lot of times because I'm just ready to go to bed. So um on the the topic of caffeine, if you are somebody that consumes caffeine in the morning and throughout the day, trying to cut your caffeine off by about two o'clock in the afternoon at the latest is also helpful for um, sleep. And if you're if you do routinely drink caffeine in the afternoon, I would be curious to know what your sleep patterns are. Like, what time are you actually falling asleep or feeling tired? Um, perhaps that's something that you could adjust, like doing that caffeinated beverage before noon, perhaps, and then sticking to um, uncaffeinated things in the afternoon. That might help your sleep. Um, You know, exercise before bed is one that kind of goes back and forth too. You'll hear some people talk about not doing a vigorous exercise workout before bed, that that can keep you awake. Some people find that helpful. I think that's another one where you just have to do you. If that's the only time of day that you have to get your workout in, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. But if you're noticing that you're not sleeping well, then that might be something to consider. Or maybe that's the type of workout. I mean, you could do a a low-key yoga uh, series before bed, and that would be very beneficial for kind of shutting your mind down and making you more relaxed. So um, anything else that you would mention outside of going to sleep? Otherwise, I did like your comments about how you don't need to set an alarm anymore in the morning, because I think that's a key aspect of knowing that you're getting enough sleep when your body is just waking up at a certain time. That's great. Um, I still set an alarm every day because I push my limits of what time I get up in the morning. I, I don't like 
getting up early. Let's be real. Once I'm up, I enjoy the time that I have. I enjoy the quiet. Um, I call it my coffee and me time. I have my cup of coffee. I'll journal. I'll read or what have you. It's my time to kind of get my day squared away before everybody wakes up. Um, But it's not that I just jump out of bed and love the act of getting out of bed. So one of the things that I've done to trick myself, I guess, is I keep my phone in the kitchen. So when the alarm goes off, I have to physically get out of bed, out of the warm, comfy, cozy, under the blankets (laughs) off my bed (laughs) and walk through the house to shut my alarm off. And by then I have a decision, (laughs) do I get back into bed or do I just turn the light on? (laughs) Yeah. I would say 99% of the time I turn the light on and go about my day. Every once in a while, you'll catch me crawling back into the bed, but that's usually a Sunday morning when we have nowhere to be. Um, But that's just something that I found to be helpful. I was a snooze warrior. I would push that snooze button until my phone stopped allowing the snooze button to be pushed. And that just made for a really disruptive morning. So a mentor of mine challenged me to look at what is the absolute latest time that you can wake up to still get everything that you need to get done, done, and set your alarm for that time and just be done with it. Mm. So that's what I did. And I've been using that, um, I guess, theory for the last year and a half, and it's been really effective and helpful. And I have different... Um, different alarms for different days. If it's a day that I'm going into the hospital to work, I mean, that's a day that I have to start my day a little earlier. So that's alarms a little bit earlier than the usual, you know, 520 alarm that I have for all of the other days. So just know that you can have a little bit of flexibility. The difference between my 445 alarm and my 520 alarm, it's really not that much, right? I mean, we're talking about 35 minutes of difference. Um, so even on the days when you're doing something different. If you're not going to work, still try to stay consistent with that bedtime and wake up time. And you will see, um, hopefully, progress in the quality and quantity of the sleep that you are experiencing. Yeah, that's good. Um, I know, I don't know if we 100% addressed it, but um, there's also you know, so many other reasons to get enough sleep. And we can all sit there and say, we only work on, we work great off of four hours of sleep and we, you know, et cetera. But it ultimately comes down to like, how are, how is your decision-making throughout the day? Um, your performance, whether that's with exercise or with work, um, what are you relying on? Like, are you relying on caffeine or sugary foods or things that, um, you know, give you that quick boost again, that also, are you fully present in the things that you want to be present with? So is after work, are you like just completely worn out or really agitated towards your family, spouse, really evaluate, like, what it's like when you're not getting enough sleep and what it's like when you are getting enough sleep. And I'm not saying like you got a good night's sleep one day of the week and that's like, okay, cool. I'm talking about like over weeks after you start getting the proper amount of sleep, like how does that make you feel and how are you acting towards, you know, your coworkers or your family? Um, So there is 
there is a lot of um, benefits to good quality sleep. And I would just suggest that you challenge yourself and see see how that is working for you and how your performance is and and go from there and set your alarm like Kitty said when you your absolute latest time that you can get up without feeling rushed without feeling that your checklist just got bigger it could go on so we challenge you to make sleep a priority in your habit building process. And maybe you can identify with one of the areas that we've mentioned with either your evening ritual or your model morning ritual. Is there something that we're talking about that you're like, oh yeah, I definitely don't do that. If there's something obvious, I, you know, I encourage you to just give it a try, see how it goes for a week or so, and just see if you notice a difference. If you're not sure, if you can't identify something raw off the top of your head, track it. Keep track of the few hours before you go to bed. So from like 5 p.m. until 7 a.m. And keep track of what are you doing before bed, whether that's watching TV, reading a book, drinking alcohol, having caffeine, exercising, whatever. You know, keep track of what it is that you're doing and then monitor the sleep that you're getting. Well, you know, how engage to what your um, level of restfulness is when you wake up in the morning. Do you feel like maybe you don't really want to wake up? That's okay. I get that. I get feeling tired when you wake up, but once you're awake, do you feel like you're well rested or are you can't wait to get back into bed later in the day? Like what, what is it that you're experiencing? And if you're not sure exactly, you know, what to try or where to start, just reach out. We'd love to help kind of make a sleep plan for you, if you will, and help you to um, improve that facet of your health. Absolutely. Well, on that note, make sleep a priority. Baby steps always sleep too. (laughs) Yes. Um, Increase it. Even if you're increasing your sleep by a half an hour initially, just do it gradually. It doesn't have to be this huge production, but baby steps All right. Well, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you next week.